And I was like, no, it's making a different noise. I don't like it. I don't like it. And she's like, it's fine. Just go and kill it. Just creep up on it and kill it like the rest. And I was like, I don't know. I don't feel good about this. I don't like it. Welcome to the Electronic Wireless Show. I'm Brendan. It is the 18th of October. This is episode 20. We're 20. Um, and today I have Adam Smith. Hello. And Matt Cox. Hello. A special guest. Hello, Matt. How's it going? Matt's writing for us now, uh, bits and pieces, and enjoying all of the big games that we don't want to do. That's how it works. Today we're going to be talking about Nemesis's Nemesis's Nemesis Nemesis uh, and Shadow of War more specifically. Um, but first, I think Adam wants to tell us some news. Well, yeah, which news that broke last night, which is that. Um... Electronic Arts have closed down, or are closing down, they're winding down uh, Visceral, which is the uh, studio that made the three Dead Space games and Battlefield Hardline, but we won't mention that because I've got fond memories of them. So let's talk about the stuff they did that I loved. Uh, and now they've been closed down. EA have said that they'll try and find work for the people, uh, as many of the people as they can elsewhere. But the, the big fallout from this is to do with, the, they were working on a Star Wars game. Uh, which was untitled. We've never seen anything of it except for concept art and very, very brief bit of leaked footage of an early build. Uh, but it was being headed up by Amy Hennig, uh, who uh, came from Naughty Dog, uh, which he'd worked on Uncharted, um, and before that on the Legacy of Kane games. Um, so you think if you hire Amy Hennig, you want to have a big linear action-adventure. Uh, that's the kind of game that she's famous for, uh, very story-based. And EA's statement says that that seems to be the kind of game that Visceral were making. And they've said that that doesn't fit into their understanding of the marketplace right now. So they want to pivot the design is the phrase they used. Um, we don't know what that means. And we have no idea if this Star Wars game they were making was going to be any good. We don't We don't know that. It may have been... Um, it may have been going in the wrong direction. It, it may not have been working at all. Uh, but it's a sad day for me because I think Visceral, one of those studios that could tackle big budget AAA game making and make something interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I was a bit sad about that. So, in short, Dead Space people were making a Star Wars game. Yeah. EA said, nah, you're not making a Star Wars game anymore. Yeah, you're going to be... We're pivoting to firing you. We're pivoting to firing you. Well, they have said they'll relocate as many people as they can through other studios and teams. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Amy Hennig, the last I heard is that she will be staying 
within EA. Um, and the actual Star Wars game is now going to EA Worldwide Studios, which I guess is a thing, but sounds like it's just where they put things when they don't know where they belong. It's like just in the kind of limbo, EA limbo. That it's like that studio. cupboard you've got in a in a room somewhere. Yeah, it's you like just... a, oh, I just need to. Where did I? Where did I leave those screws from the? And it's yeah, there's the cupboard. That's EA Worldwide. Yeah, great. Down the back of the sofa. Yeah, I always enjoyed Dead Space. I don't know if I will care about Star Wars enough to have Star Wars Uncharted, but. Yeah, they, I mean, the, the one of the few things they'd said about it was just just to shoot you down there, Brandy. There's a uh, Amy Hennig <laughs> was interviewed last year, and she said it will not be Star Wars Uncharted. Uh, yeah, despite, despite what you might think, maybe that's I the mean, problem. Pe- people say a lot of things, though, don't they? They do say a lot of things. They say they're gonna they say they're gonna pivot the design. That's the kind of thing they say. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think there's been a lot of the reaction I've seen online has been like you know uh, people have been very angry about it and. Uh, making this assumption that this Star Wars game was amazing and how dare they shut it down. And the truth is, we have no idea what it was like. We've not seen anything of it. And it's been in development for a few years now. And they've not, they didn't show it at E3 this year. They, they, so they were clearly, I mean, I'd, I say clearly, it seemed like there were probably development issues um, for them not to be uh, showing anything. You know, they could have put together a teaser trailer even even if they weren't sure what the game was going to look like eventually. Marketing doesn't stop just because something's troubled. So I'm guessing that there were serious issues, but again, we don't know. Rubbish. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that feels rubbish, but let's let's move on. Let's move on, let's to, move on. To, to shinier, nicer things. Shinier, nicer, nicer? Stabbier things. <laughs> Matt. Hello. We're going to talk about Nemesis now. Nemesis now. Yeah. Because Middle Earth Shadow of War has come out and it has a special system where you murder your least favourite monsters, uh, as far as I <laughs> can tell. Um, but Or your favourite ones. Some, or your favourite ones. Um, but s- uh, many of our listeners won't know you personally, so I'm going to get you to introduce yourself. All right. I'm I'm Matt Cox. I'm a head of RPS's youth contingent. I need to ask you, and I'll be asking Adam later, who is your video game nemesis? Uh, can I say Alice? As in, our Alice? I was just thinking about how we were quibbling over weapons the last time we played Plunk Bat. Uh, but no, I'm actually going to go with Silencer from Dota 2. Because, ah, oh, he's the worst. So, like... Basically, his thing is stopping you from doing things. So silencing is a mechanic in Dota where it stops you doing any of your abilities. And everybody I play in that game like needs their abilities to stay alive. So every single time the enemy team picks silencer, it means I'm in for a very bad time. And yeah, that that's that's why that's my beef with him. Okay, I get it. But I think I think there is a broader thing to be said about it, where like games are interesting when things are happening and silencer is a guy who is about making things not happen so when you say do, do you actually think that he's um like a bad design because that sounds really annoying yeah i would i would definitely go that far i mean i definitely think yeah i think the games that he is in are less interesting because like mm. precisely what it is is his ultimate just silences everybody on the other team 
as long as they don't have some kind of magic immunity. And so there's nothing you can really do about it. It's just a, yeah, it's a big stop button, which like doesn't need that much finesse to put into play or anything like that. For the free football fans who listen to this podcast, this is Jose Mourinho showing up at Anfield last weekend. Anti-football, anti-football people. <laughs> that went completely over my head. Yeah, neither of us understand that, but we'll take your word Someone for does. It. Someone does out there. Um, no, I understand what you're saying, though, because um, one of my dislikes of in a, tri- in a in a collectible card game, for instance, are cards that just kind of nullify what you just did for no real reason or like they just they just yeah they just do nothing they they just bring back the void if you know mm-hmm. what i mean like they just cancel out whatever it is you just did well to go to uh shadow of war um the one of the things that happens in that is that um the uh enemies the orcs will adapt so um, they kind of start cancelling out your abilities. I think that worked in an action setting because you've always got another trick that you can pull out. So it's basically making you react rather than just repeating yourself. You can't just button mash against them. Yeah. Like I was fighting a guy last night and he you vault over his head to dodge his stab with his big spear and then eventually he just adapts and he's like, you know, that won't work on me anymore and just like, starts throwing you to the ground when you try and do it. And it just means that you can't button mash against him, which I quite like. Yeah, it encourages you to not rely on one tactic mm. which is definitely good game design whereas it doesn't silencer, sound like silencer does this no, no not at all i also found with silencer when i was watching the um the international which is the big dota 2 tournament valve do every year uh i'd always support the team that wasn't playing silencer because I, I feel like i had a real bond <laughs> with them and then feel horribly betrayed the next game when they would pick Silencer themselves and keep swapping back <laughs> and forth the peon in the bomb he sounds yeah. like a pain in the bum. Uh, Adam, you're going to tell me your nemesis now. Yeah, it's. Um, I was talking to Brendan just as before we started, so I did have to look the name of this person up. It's Andor Dracon, and it's the nerdiest sounding nemesis ever. Uh, he's the um, the end boss of the roguelike Ancient Domains of Mystery. And it took me, I, I think it's about 15 years before I actually beat him from first playing that game. Um, and in the original version of it, it's changed now. Uh, uh, Adam, as it gets called, is now on Steam and it has tile sets and it's all fancy. Uh, it used to be just an ASCII uh, graphics game that you downloaded. And he was uh, a big at sign, uh, which is the same as your character, which always set, felt kind of cool because it's like, oh my God, he's like me. But, um, but then when you look at him, the description was just like that his form is so chaotic, it's indescribable. So I always kind of figured that he was some, you know, big floating eye with tentacles coming out of it. And then when they made a towel set, it's just a dude wearing some purple armor. So that was a bit, <laughs> a bit disappointing. At some point, does he say, we're not so different, you and A? He doesn't, sadly, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it took me so long to, to beat him and you, you just have to go for it. You can't just level up and be really strong. You have to get specific items and finish specific quests. So it's almost like a puzzle game. And I don't actually enjoy any of that. It just feels like work, but I just wanted to do it. So I did it. I've never done it again. Uh, but it was one of the things that just lived with me for a long time. I, I play a lot of that game and there'd always been this, this, this one thing that I'd never managed to do in it. There is actually... 
an ultra ultra ending that I've never managed to do where you have to kill him with a specific weapon. And that I don't know what that does. Like, I don't know. You get his purple helmet or something. That's a new thing that you have to do now. I don't have to do it. I don't want to do so, it. So was it just because it took you so long and like he spanned quite a quite a large chunk of your life? Yeah, I think you so. Think he's your nemesis. It's kind of like he's woven through the game. So whenever you do certain quests in the game, because it's, it's like a traditional roguelike, a lot of it's procedural, but there are certain quests that are built into it that you can do. So you go to like the Overland map and you can go down into certain dungeons and they've all got bosses at the bottom. And um, and it gets to the point where you kill like three or four of these bosses and you realize all the stuff you're getting from them is making you better at the game, but it's also designed just to kill this one specific guy and he's going to be waiting at the end of the game. So every time you play, and it's got permadeath because, you know, it's a roguelike. So you can spend like six hours building a character and then die and you lose all the stuff. And it's just like, oh, am I ever going to meet that guy? And then the first time I got to him, he just killed me and want like I, I looked at him and was dead. I mean, literally, he just has like death rays, and it's just like, <laughs> oh well, that was very underwhelming. And then so you have to get there and be immune to death rays, and then if you're immune to death rays, he just corrupts you and kills you that way. So you have to be immune to that. So it's just a real, real slog to do it, um, and like I say, not a lot of fun really. But yeah, it was just there for so long. And then one night, I was like, right, I'm going to do it, and I just. I just looked up wikis and just learned how to do it because I just felt like I had to. So it was just niggling in my brain for years. Yeah, see, mine is similar because I, I, it took me probably 10 years to reach the end of Final Fantasy VII. Because it's so boring and you get falling because asleep. It's so, <laughs> because it's so dull. No, because <laughs> it, I, didn't, I wasn't playing it for 10 years straight. I should, I should clarify <laughs> I just went back to it after years and years and years. Um, no, because the like the disc broke. I was playing on PlayStation to begin with, and like the the third disc kind of broke because PlayStation discs were prone to that. Yeah, it just took me ages to go back to it. But I always disliked Shinra, who are the corporation who you start the game by bombing. And I just I just never liked them because I got as a child I got weirdly attached to some of the most minor characters in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, who die quite early on and I vowed revenge and then I, I forgot that I had vowed revenge for 10 years <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, when I yeah whenever I, I downloaded it on PS3 I think and realised oh you know I'll oh oh I don't like these people I remember now and it was like kind of like having a flashback <laughs> of this horrible boss man in a suit laughing at me 10 years ago and thinking no I'm going to kill you now and I did, and it felt good. See, so I, mine is the same as yours, you know, a long span of time. I finished Final Fight Seven, and I can't remember what happens to them. Because the, I feel like they get... Do you not beat them quite early on, or are they the baddies the whole way through it? You you defeat them fairly early on, but I think there's like a boss man who always escapes. Or right, I remember always, exactly. Yeah. There, there, I know that there's a, there's a, there's a corporation boss man who... He annoys me. Or maybe one of our readers or listeners can can fill us in. Well, the Shinra headquarters is the building with all the stairs that you have to go up. So that's my nemesis in that game. Yeah, that, that was yeah. that was a complete pain. I, I kind of love it. I mean, it's so it's such a memorable piece of the game. You're just running up loads of stairs and then have these weird dialogue bits where the characters are pretty much breaking the fourth wall and saying, this is really weird, right? We're just running up <laughs> some stairs for ages. <laughs> 
Yeah. So Shinra's architecture is very frustrating to me. I can back um, you on that. They do get... This is the thing, is that they were my nemesis despite being completely relegated in the latter half of the game to not being that important. Yeah, because then but, Sephiroth comes into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You fight yeah. Sephiroth, you fight big monsters, you fight all this stuff. But none of that... None of that... I felt no ill will towards any of those people. I, I just wanted to kill the man in the suit. I um, think that um, my experience with shadow of war so far is that uh it is is kind of similar to that in a way because i'm probably never gonna advance the story very much in that game because i'm just picking on certain orcs and then they manage to kill me and then all i want to do is just hunt them down and kill them and i've got one at the minute and he's got a hunting horn which means that when he when i attack him he blows his hunting horn and all the other captains just show up really quickly and just overwhelmed me completely, and he just stands in the background laughing, and I hate him so much. <laughs> I genuinely hate him. Okay, so this is this is Shadow of War, the new Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, we're going to talk about this quite a lot because I think we've all been playing it. Yeah, I really like it. I think that um, it's too cluttered. I think that. Uh, because I think the Nemesis system is clearly the best thing about it. Like, uh, you have the army screen where it shows you all the captains and uh, and they're all off doing little jobs and you, know, you can see what they're up to and uh, and you can go try and interrupt them and stop them from doing it or if you leave them to it, they level up or sometimes they get killed. Um, and it just has this sense that they're doing stuff in the background and it's like a living world. But then there's so much in it that's static, like all these quests that get dotted around the map and all the big cutscenes and stuff, which just feel really contrary to the actual um, the fun of the Nemesis system. I, can't, I just want the Nemesis system to be in a game without all that fluff around it. Yeah, It's funny that, because that hasn't been my main experience with it. I've been carrying on with all the quests and actually quite enjoying that side of it. And actually, because um, how many areas have you discovered yet? Oh, I'm just in the first one still. I'm still in the siege. Yeah. So, yeah. See, this is one thing where like there are five whole areas and the thing with that is like there are different orcs in every place so that kind of actually makes the nemesis system suffer a bit because you find all of the orcs you remember are like dotted all over the place and mm. like when you're playing in one area for like you know and you'll normally go to one area and spend a few hours there you sort of forget the attachments you've had in the past one or or maybe you'll remember them when you go back but it definitely suffers a bit from having do, many do, areas, they co- do they comment on the fact that you've been away? Because that would be good. They might do. There's there are things that they do with regards to that. Like right. uh, I've read about one orc that can, uh, or one type of orc or some event where a captain will follow you from one region yeah, to I've another. Heard of that, yeah, yeah. And say, oh, you thought you got away from me, but no. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's cool. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say, Adam, if you want if you want more out of the Nemesis system, and this is something that bothered me, you have to get to you have to get to a certain point in the story. Yeah, yeah. That you can control the orcs. Oh it no, takes totally. Yeah, about yeah. twelve hours to get there. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that I know that a lot of this stuff is coming because I've played uh, bits that are later on at preview events. I've played quite a lot of the later stuff. Um, but right now, I am having a good time with it, and I don't really feel the need to push through the story stuff. The thing is, the story quests, in my experience, are actually quite short and not too difficult. So, uh, but I did the 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 bit where you have to control the siege beasts and you know all that stuff, 
And, uh, and I was like, oh, that was not the thing that I enjoy about this game. So I'm a bit worried about doing the next one just because I'm just having fun trying to pick off all these captains at the minute. And yeah, I, I but I, I do really like it. I mean, um, uh, it's just, it's not my ideal version of this game, which sounds very demanding, I know, but um, I don't particularly care about the setting. Like, uh, I like the orcs. I think the orcs are really good fun, but I don't care about the actual Middle Earth setting. Um, and I just kind of wish it was in a game that I cared about more. One thing I will say about the story is that it front loads it with lots of really grim, serious, horrible things. But then when you like, you know, yeah, I won't, I won't spoil that actually. But when you get to the, like, the second bit, it suddenly becomes a lot more lighthearted and oh, starts poking fun at itself. Um, it's like, yeah, there's there's somebody who's you know a really grim enemy, and then you go and dominate him, and like the tone suddenly shifts. And he's like, ah, bright lord, dark lord, same difference. Well, there's 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 a thing. Uh, did you play the new Shadow Warrior games? I didn't. So they they have like a similar dynamic where you're playing a guy and he's possessed by a demon, and they it, and it just turns into this kind of, uh, you know, they they hate each other but they're stuck in the same body and it's just constant bickering and uh and it's quite funny and I just wish it was more like that because, um yeah that there, there is a lot of comedy potential in you know this very very serious angry elf wraith guy and the very noble ranger they're just so contradictory to each other and yeah i I hope it does have some fun with that it doesn't Uh, quite those two remain quite serious (laughs) no but everyone else should be able to kind of poke fun at them a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. because the orcs should the orcs absolutely should because the orcs find everything quite ridiculous (laughs) the orcs are probably not probably the orcs are the best thing about it. Like there's orcs that um, sing to you. Yeah, there's the a bad singing ones. one. Yeah. Oh, I had uh, he's brilliant. He has a lute and yep. he kind of like starts playing and he sings a little song to you anytime you meet. And then he turns the lute around and he starts battering you with it during the fight. Um, yeah, I was sad I but... met him before I could dominate people because <laughs> I wanted him with me. Yeah, okay. he's he seems pretty neato. But you say you're enjoying it generally, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, like there are there are some good good set pieces in the story. Um, like there's a well, uh, yeah, there's a bit where you fight a Balrog, and it feels a bit like did anyone play the old King Kong game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me quite a lot of that, which I liked. But yeah, there is a a lot of it. Like there is there is too much to it. I think like just the amount of story missions. When I see the percentage of them that I've done, and it's probably what I've spent most of my time doing with it and i'm a very long way from finished still i mean it doesn't help that i've been stopping to pick up the collectibles for some for some reason no why why I, no i'm the same <laughs> i complain about this stuff but i do it i look I, I can't i can't leave in there until i've got everything can't do it oh my god if you guys were if you guys were watching me you would have a, a, an aneurysm like i walk <laughs> past everything i have ne- i don't even stop to pick up the money oh See, I do it even when I was saying I played it at preview events. I can sit playing this at a preview event, knowing that that save game is never going to exist again, and I collect everything. Like <laughs> someone drops a helmet that's like ten times worse than the helmet I've got, I'm picking up that helmet because what am I? What else is? What's going to happen to it? No, I prioritize. I just, I just run around. Like I don't pick up anything. I barely pick up the weapons that orcs drop sometimes. Do you know? Do you never feel like you might miss out on something really good though? Um, no, I don't think I'll miss out on having plus three damage on my sword. I just feel like, you know what, I'll figure that out later. There are there are occasional bits of dialogue with the all the collectibles you pick up, which are 
Oh, you mean you mean whenever you pick up a, a piece of like a banner uh, equipment and, stuff, and you yeah. have to like rotate it and get a little audio file? Yeah, yeah, I skip that every time. Yeah, no way, like, no way. Yeah, I'm I, 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 do that. I I don't skip it, but I wish there were subtitles because good God, sitting through it is so annoying. But I'm still like, but yeah, what if something? What is there something interesting in here? There never is. I don't care. I don't care about any of it, but I can't skip it just in case. <laughs> But you said there's a lot of it in terms of story, right? But there's also a lot of it in terms of it. Yep. It's a very, very busy game. Everything, there's a lot happening on screen. There's prompts everywhere. You can turn a whole lot of it off in the settings. But some of it you turn off and it turns out it's actually essential because it was baked into the design of the game. The minimap, for example, like has your health bar on it and stuff like that. And I feel like I, I, I had to stop playing it because a i wasn't really having any fun with the combat or the movement i found it really janky and annoying hmm. um and b if there was just too much going on and i felt like i'm getting i got irritable when i was playing it and the orcs were great but they weren't alleviating that see this is and i just felt no i don't have 30 plus hours of my life to give to a game that i find myself swearing at all evening see i i have enjoyed my basic interactions with it are you, you going to say the same? Well, I was going to say that um, I feel the same way as I did with the first one, but I'm actually enjoying this one more, which I think seems uh, unusual. A lot of people I know who really like the first one seem to be finding this one a bit more frustrating, but I'm enjoying it a lot more. But what I did think with the first one, and I kind of feel the same with this one, is that all the stuff that you actually do is a means to an end. It's like, and the end of that is 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 stuff like the Nemesis system and the, the army system and... Uh, the domination, all that, that that seems to be the end. And like the movement and the combat, it's. I think it's fine, but I don't think there's anything more than fine. I think it's just kind of the thread that holds it all together. Would you agree or is that harsh? No, I think you're not harsh enough. I don't think it... I think the second game is... I think the game part of it is worse than the first one. Really, yes. Yeah. It handles worse. I think it's more floaty. You kind of fly across the screen sometimes yeah no totally that's kind of what i mean it feels like it's almost it's just there to get you from one point to the next and it's very clumsy and it's but but i I kind of don't mind it in the first one i always felt like it was trying to be a better um kind of brawler and a better parkour game whereas this one it just feels like you know what we're not great at those things so let's just make them work but one of the things that annoys me is is when a game doesn't play to its strengths and it has buried its strength. I agree with you on underneath that. Yeah, all yeah. of this junk. I agree with you, but I still think it, I, I'm still enjoying it quite a lot. Matt's going to tell us that we're full of nonsense. Yeah, I mean, come on, Matt. It's interesting. I'm definitely getting a lot more out of it. That a lot more of just out of the basic combat than you guys are. Um, I wonder if that's partly because it's really difficult at the start. Or, well, it sounds slightly different to that, that you're just... You're, what are you you're, saying? Well, <laughs> you I'm saying... saying we can't handle the difficulty. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> it gets, like, your basic moment-to-moment playing of it, like, at the start when you can't do stuff, like, I don't know. For me, like, the moment I got something that let me also kill any on any counter, Yeah. suddenly... I, I wasn't like struggling the early stages it is kind of like am i actually hurting these people because you're just kind of bouncing between them and hitting them and then they just back up again and it, you're not quite sure when i first got the execute skill i was like okay this makes sense now i think my big issue with it is that 
And I know this is really reductive, but to me, it is just the Arkham Batman game combat, but not as responsive. Like it's the same system, but nowhere near as responsive. And the animations are just clumsier. I know. Yeah, that's what fair. you're saying, Matt, about there being like uh, things that you get later on. I think that is part of it because when you've played the first game and you've done all this and you've got all this, and then it just thrusts you back to the start of your skill tree, and for no real reason, I think one of the reasons is like you haven't got a ring, but it still gives you some of the powers, but then takes away most of them. And it's like I know that I'm supposed to be in a weakened state here. That that did annoy me, yeah. But even when I got the ability to execute people on the ground faster or, yeah, just yeah, chop people's heads off straight away or even when I got to the point where you could dominate people, which was something that I was so annoyed that they didn't give you, like, straight off the bat. Mm. Um, even after, it was after all of those points that I still gave up on the game because I felt like I don't, I don't like the feeling of running around in this world. It actually gets in the way of me meeting all the orcs that I want to kiss. What you're saying is it should be a strategy game about romancing orcs. What I'm saying is that I just wish they'd paired it all back. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish that, I wish someone just walked into that studio and said, you don't need this part or this part. You know, relax. Whereas instead, somebody walked into that studio and said, guys, loot boxes. Yeah. I mean, that that's another conversation. I, I mean, I... I doubt i'll even notice them i never do i haven't so far i think that and i i'm gonna stress that i'm not talking about anything specific to do with monolith here uh but i think that on the whole when developers are pressured to put things like that in by a publisher they usually are pretty good at making sure it doesn't impact the game very much at all um you know they can kind of pay lip service to the idea of doing it uh, but not really do it if that makes sense. I think it's more of probably multiplayer stuff uh, but NBA at the minute. Like, I had a quick look at that and that is terrible. Absolutely terrible. It's just like if you want to actually be good at the game you need to pay money and that's just pathetic. Yeah. I mean I just like that everybody's making a big deal of this now for some reason when it's been going on for years and years and years yeah and i think it's it whether it's to do with the way that it was introduced that you know in because it's a sequel and then uh warner announced it like which you know basically made it into a story they made it into a story themselves uh but it's weird that it's focusing around this one game uh i, I remember some somebody on twitter pointed out like you know you know rocket league has loot boxes right and no one seems to care about that and i was like i didn't even realize and i was like of course it does i play rocket league all the time and i was like yeah but i don't think of them as loot boxes well they are they're entirely cosmetic yeah yeah very different yeah yeah but they weren't there originally and now they are and i think that's the thing that the point that was being made was more that you know these things can be introduced and if they can be introduced then they can be introduced in all kinds of different ways. They can be cosmetic for now, and then they can become something else. You know that there's um because I think there's I I'm playing the new WWE game at the minute, and there was a lot of um it came out yesterday, and I'd seen lots of discussion about that because it's 2K and they just did the NBA game with all the microtransactions in, and they'd said there are no microtransactions in WWE. We have not introduced them, 
but it looks like they probably were at some point and they've kind of pulled back from them because you do get loot boxes in the game and you buy them with virtual currency that you earn in the game, but you don't get anywhere near enough of it to actually progress very fast. Like if you want to just unlock loads of stuff. So you just have to grind and grind and grind to unlock stuff. And it's just, there's no point to it. Uh, unless it, it was a vestigial way of making you pay for microtransactions. At the minute, it's just a way to make the single player game more frustrating. I don't get it. Loot boxes, microtransactions, not fun. Don't like them, get out. Uh, that's my editorial. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good official stance. I don't know if it is RPS's official stance, but I'm willing to bet that if I went around <laughs> every single one of our re- of our writers, yeah. they would give a similar response. Like nobody likes nobody likes them. Would anybody miss loot boxes if they were just gone? I I think that like the idea of um, giving randomized loot, which is kind of where it starts from, like at its most basic, I have no issue with that whatsoever. I think that that can be really exciting, and I think that it can be encourage you to play the game more to get the thing that you want. I think the issue is is that it's about drop rates, it's about the amount of just junk that you get in them, and then it's about the, the idea of actually paying for them. Because I think as soon as you introduce the idea that you can pay for them, then you're saying you can pay just to get the good stuff straight away because we recognise that the actual loot system is broken and not fun. And, you know, screw that. Like, Yeah, so there's the, there's the RPS official stance. Screw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it's something that will either just continue on, and nobody, and this, will, the the uproar about it will pass, um, or like several years down the line, someone will finally, it it'll finally start to phase out, whether by a law, a change in the law or something. But uh, yeah, maybe. I, don't know. I mean, for as it, long as it continues to earn them more money, and people keep buying the games, yes, it's not really gonna. Yeah, it's not going to go away if people are paying for it. You're right. Okay, so that was that. Shadow of War. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it okay? We've covered all three bases, I think. No, I think it's good. I think I'm it's going good. good. I'm a strong good. Strong good. I'm a weak good. <laughs> I'm a below average. I'm that, I'm that sad about it. Can I briefly talk about the evil within 2 i know no one else cares about it but okay but you have to wait for me to do the jingle oh god okay okay it's done wow so (laughs) there was another another big game this week and i'm not even sure it classifies as a big game it does to me it's the evil within 2 is any either of you going to play the evil within 2 nah I wasn't planning on it, but maybe you can change my mind. Have you played the first one, Matt? No. Okay, so the first one was um, a bit of a mess, but kind of a, a really fun mess. It was just, uh, it kept changing tone and it kept changing style. It was like, here, it's a stealth game. Now it's a running away game. Now it's a shooty game. Um, but essentially, it was kind of Resident Evil 4, um, but weirder. Um, and probably not quite as good, uh, to be fair. And the second one just says, what if that but also open world, which sounds like it's going to be a disaster. But um, I've only played like seven or eight hours of it, but I, I really, really like it. Um, I, I just think it's it's a really good survival horror game that manages to implement some of the open world stuff in a way that isn't too... Um, it, it, the opposite of 
uh, Shadow of War, actually, it doesn't just throw loads of stuff at you. Um, that you you know you'll have like at maximum four or five different objectives that you can pick from, uh, but each one of them something interesting happens. It's really good at doing this thing where it's like you go into a house and it's like oh, I'm going to go into this house because apparently there's a dead guy there and he's got some shotgun shells and then the door slams behind you and suddenly there's a ghost coming out the wall and it's like oh no this is a whole thing now. Uh. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just I like really... that, that the idea that that would be your actual reaction to a ghost. It's like well, ah. Well, this is a thing. Yeah, this is <laughs> another deal I need to, you know, think about. And then, you know, you go out of the house and like 10 minutes later, suddenly the temperature drops, your breath's that you know, you can see your breath and, and he's just like, oh no, that thing's back again. It's like, oh, now it's just haunting me. Great. I should never have gone in that house. <laughs> and I'm just fed up of that house. Um, and yeah, it's just very good at doing stuff like that. And like sometimes there's these computers and you use the computers and you kind of, log into different worlds because it's all taking place in this kind of virtual realm uh sort of i don't know it's very complicated very complicated you wouldn't understand this very highbrow (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you use a computer and suddenly you're in like some underground facility and uh there's different kinds of monsters down there and you have to run away and get back out again i I just think it's really imaginative and inventive and um doesn't kind of fall into a pattern you know it just keeps throwing new stuff at you and uh yeah i really really like it yeah i mean it sounds kind of necessary for a horror game to do that if it's going to keep surprising you yeah i think that's the issue that a lot of horror games have a lot of games in general they they find a gameplay loop and they keep falling back onto it um and the evil Within's loop is sneaky and stabby and then a bit shooty sometimes um but it just changes it up just enough by giving you different types of enemies and different types of environment and every now and then it's just like here's a thing that you can't kill uh and so you just have to run away and it just it it seems quite nimble it's very good at just switching from one thing to the next so yeah on the on the gore front you know on the gore scale between one and ten one being kerbers yeah ten ten being I'd last two. It's it's probably it's about a fifteen. It's very gory. It's really really gory. How does it compare to the latest Resident Evil? It's a lot That's worse. Not... Oh god. Yeah, it's like I mean I think that it's it's very schlocky gore. Like um, it's not kind of you know harrowing, or I don't find it harrowing. I find it very silly. Like um, which I think its its tone is quite light in some places. Um. But the actual um, kind of, (laughs) this is a phrase that I never thought I'd use, the fidelity of the wounds is quite distressing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, the fidelity of your articulation is quite stressing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's, uh, um, like, you know, you'll see like some zombie type person coming towards you and you can see like the shin bone sticking through the leg and oh. uh, their eyes like hanging down the face and dangling oh. and swinging you know and all that all that good stuff so it is yeah and there's a, there's a great little uh, gotcha thing it does like you you can sneak up behind the normal ones and do a stealth kill it's exactly the same as in shadow of war or you know any other game with stealth in it you sneak up press the button and you kill them and the way he does it you like cuts the back of their legs so they fall and stabs them through the head and it's very violent but there's this one kind of baddie and they look pretty much like the other ones but just make different noises 
and you just know there's something off about them. So I'm sitting playing it with my girlfriend, and the first time we see one, it's doing this horrible noise, kind of like the thing out of the grudge. If you've seen that, that like, ah, that noise, it's horrible. And I was like, no, it's making a different noise. I don't like it. I don't like it. And she's like, it's fine. Just go and kill it. Just creep up on it and kill it like the rest. And I was like, I don't know. I don't feel good about this. I don't like it. So I sneak up. The stealth kill button comes up. So I'm like, oh, it's fine. Maybe she was right. Do the stealth kill. He stabs it in the head. And it just turns around, just screams in my face. And it's just angrier. And I was just like, I told you. I told you. This is not right. Just running across the, the town, like, you know, shouting at my girlfriend, like, no, no. So that was good. But that's the kind of thing it does. It just says, you know, oh, you know how to do this now. Well, ha, ha. I think you've met your new nemesis. The, the creepy sound. It is the ghost, body. actually. This ghost thing, it giggles. It chases me and it giggles and it comes through walls and I don't like it. I can't hurt it. I can't hurt it. It's a ghost. How do you hurt a ghost? This is Adam's catchphrase for any horror game. It's just, I don't like it. <laughs> but, but you do like it. You just... Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of my friend's habit of when we're playing Punk Bat, just periodically shouting, this is horrible! <laughs> <laughs> just running through worlds shouting, this is horrible. <laughs> I think if, if, if you haven't done that, do you play video games at all? Um, I've, I've got a new nemesis, um, and her name is Carla, uh, and she lives on Twitch, um, because I've been playing a little bit of Tekken, um, Tekken 7. And I've just been kind of messing about with it because I've been secretly enjoying the adrenaline rush of getting beaten up online. My God. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't really play fighting games that much, but um, I, I just decided to have a go at it and I'm actually really liking it. Uh, but I was playing last night and uh, I went entered a tournament. There are these online tournaments you can go on to and it's like there are you know, elimination rounds. You know, you can... Uh, you, you go into a loser's bracket right basically if you lose um and i do that so that I, you know i know i'm going to lose so i may as well get two goes out of the tournament but uh i got matched up against a a user called carla who played as a robot who can take off her head and throw it at you and she just annihilated me and i was like why why has this person got a twitch as you know a twitch address as their username and I looked it up, and I had been beaten up in front of 18 people. Yes. And that's, yeah, that was it. I, I'm, I'm dead now. I, I just, the shame of being beaten up and taken in front of an audience has made me, I'm not sure if I want to play anymore. So you, you liked being beaten up online, you got an adrenaline rush, but not if people were watching. But part of the fun was that it was one on one. You know, it was a, it was a meeting of the minds, really, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, like that's all it is. So it's a meeting this, of the minds. this robot took off its head and threw it to me. It was a real meeting of minds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but then I got beaten up. I got publicly shamed in front of everyone. Wait, what 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 is your character? I don't know what their names are. So you have to describe the character. So my character, the character that I was fighting with, is called Feng. And he's a, I think he's Chinese, and he he he's just kind of a big, strong man, um, and he puts his shoulder into you, and he's quite a, he's traditionalized. So yeah, so there's a robot that pulls its head off, and you picked the generic fighting game character. Well, I mean, come on, sounds like you deserve to be beaten up. <laughs> Going in hard. <laughs> the Tekken characters, the, 
you know there are there are ones that are hard to control and hard to use and involve all these kind of special commands. How hard is it like, to do the shoulder? Is it just you press a button, don't you? You press one button. You at the press back one of the button. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you lose. God, God, you can't but, just uh, go through life putting your shoulder in. The worst thing was is that as the match went on, I could tell she was toying with me, like I was throwing punches and she would just like duck to the side and weave around and like backstep and do all this fancy like dancing moves and she got out the the robot also um can go into an alternate mode where it has chainsaws for arms Mm -hmm. and uh she would just do that and just like saw me into bits pretty sure this thing's in the u of in too as well um so that's my new nemesis is um is anyone playing Tekken 7 who's better than me? Sounds like it's a lot of people. Probably 99% of the Tekken player base, yeah. I'm remembering the time I got matched against a streamer in Dota, and we like quite, I think there were several thousand people watching that somehow. Oh god. Yeah, we went and found it afterwards, and we lost the game, but um, I won my matchup against him, and it was quite, it was quite nice watching it back and just having him like go on and on about how terrible I was after he died to me like three times in a row while someone in the background was just going I mean come on he's obviously he's obviously bad I enjoyed that (laughs) yeah well luckily the people who were beating me up because it was a few streamers all streaming together I think um were Italian so I couldn't understand um let's see what our readers have said about their nemeses So we asked, we asked people, who is your gaming nemesis? And we stipulated that you're not limited to an orc captain in mm. Shadow of War. Let's see what people say. Because uh, someone's saying Final Fantasy VII in general. So that's good. Alex Kidd in Superstars Tennis. Does anyone know Alex Kidd? I know Alex Kidd as in the the game character, but I've never played Superstar Tennis. Well, Pork Pigler says that Alex Kidd resulted in a smashed controller. So I'm guessing because he was a mascot for uh, Sega, so they probably made him like the, the best character in the game. Uh, we've got Michael Johnson says, jumping bits in fiddly non-platforming games. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> that... very good, yeah. For example, the bed of chaos in Dark Souls. I think that is a very fair shout. Yeah. Shodan from System Shock 2 says, Jinxed thoughts. She's creepy and quite the pain. Quite the pain. Uh, <laughs> I think I like Shodan too much. Too much fun. My nemesis have to be people I actually really, really despise. Yeah, see, I think there's a difference between having a good villain and a, and a, a terrible nemesis. Although, having said that, the orcs in, you know... The orcs are all kind of fun, aren't they? They're, they're not really your, your proper nemesis, are they? Despite the name no. of the system. No, I mean, I'm sure you, if you play enough, you find orcs that are actually hard to beat and will make you annoyed. Paul Scott Canavan says, the guy who hides in the bathtub in Plunkbat. That's me a lot of the time. But I can guarantee... What's the reader called? Uh, Paul. Paul, I can guarantee I've never... Even if I am your nemesis, I've never killed you because I've only ever killed about six people in two months of playing Plunk Bat. So I just uh, ha- he has. Sorry, go on. No, I just. I mean, I hide in the bathtub, and that is the limit of what I do. It's not like I have a plan beyond that. So 
he has um misspelled Plongpat PUBG, so Oh oops. Embarrassing. Neurotic says my gaming nemesis is Fergus from Beyond Divinity. It took me a year off and on play to finally beat him. Well, we've already got how many years was it? Ten years for you? Fifty years for me. <laughs> you know, that's easy. Easy. Yeah, I mean a year if you're yeah, a year is still a long time. Christian Lamarck says Raymond's doppelganger. <laughs> Wait, did I just say Raymond? Like you did, you said Raymond. Raymond, Rayman. Excuse me. I do that with a lot of superheroes and stuff. I say Spiderman. <laughs> um, Batman. Jack and his hat says M Bison from Street Fighter Two. One of the few times I've had to turn off a console before I kicked it around. I was fourteen. Don't judge me. I had it with. Uh... Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 I think with I can't remember what his name is but the big bad boss in that one and he has a hammer and um, and the thing that got me was he taunts you so he just gets his hammer out and just goes dong and just knocks you on the head and he's just like you will never win and I was just like oh, sc- oh. and I said screw you again it, that is my catchphrase now <laughs> screw you um, Adam was your uh, was that roguelike you were talking about called Adam yeah someone else says that as well oh really yeah, Alien Gas Mask says, I first played Roguelike Adam 20 years ago. Even saves coming, I still never got past the Tower of Flames. Oh, well, that's 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 the, one of the hardest bits because, it's, again, it's that thing you have to be immune to fire to get through it. So it suddenly becomes, that's what that's what Adam does. It, you get to a certain point, you just have to have a certain kind of character build. I don't particularly like that kind of design, but the game is big enough that it doesn't really matter. So you can just go and do something else instead. Vladimir Damino says the two brother bosses in Prince of Persia, the two thrones. It took me two days to beat them on normal. Oh. And I couldn't manage it on hard. Do you remember that, Matt? I think I do. I'm either remembering that or another really annoying one in Prince of Persia. But it was like, it was just after a chariot, a really annoying, like, chariot section. And every time you lost to these two guys, you had to redo the chariot section before. Oh, Oh, that was the worst thing. That is that is a nemesis in itself. Really bad yeah. save points before bosses. Uh. Uh, Dave, Pap- Dave Papworth says level 9 Luigi. I can't count how many times it's come down to me and him in Smash. And he's marginally beat me 90% of the time. Uh, you know, in the fifth consecutive year of Luigi, <laughs> I feel like that's a fair, a fair nemesis to end on. Fighting games seem to make people angry. Is just is the takeaway from this, I think. They really do. From my experience playing Tekken Seven, I, I get I get really irritable. I don't think I should play it anymore. Or, or is it that the people who play fighting games are angry people? I mean, what are you saying? Uh, you basically just come on this podcast and tell me that I, you you're bad you at know, games. G- games are too hard <laughs> for me, and that I'm an angry person. <laughs> I just meant. You, you can't there's a correlation there not necessarily a causation i'm not having you on this podcast again Matt. <laughs> um no i will i will um anyway that i think that is all we have time for this week but if you as listeners want to tell us more about your gaming nemeses or suggest a theme for next week's podcast or any other subsequent week you can email us podcast at rockpapershotgun.com or you can tweet us or find us on facebook at rockpapershot 
Adam and Matt are both on Twitter, I believe. Adam, what do you call on Twitter? Uh, non-economical. And Matt, what are you? Coxix with two X's. That's, yeah, you just search Matt Cox and go through the bios because I don't know how to spell that. There's a Y in there as well, isn't there? Yep. No, it sounds like a medical thing. It's your tailbone. Is there a reason that you're called the tailbone? Uh, the reason is that I thought of that handle when I was 13. Yep, that's the best reason for any handle. <laughs> um, okay, you've been listening to the Electronic Wireless Show. Thank you for doing so. If you liked it, you can leave us a review on iTunes or press a little heart button wherever you find it when you see this. And we'll like that. But for now, we'll say goodbye. 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 Goodbye.